listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. Okay, you guys, I am here with President and CFO of Horizon Oxygen and Medical Equipment. Horizon is a DME company, which essentially means they service hospice patients with oxygen, beds, all of that. Am I explaining that correctly? Yeah, yeah I think that's good. I think I'm dumbing uh, D- it down. DME is durable medical equipment, so we provide medical equipment. Okay. Specifically to the hospice industry, end of life care. Horizon has been around for 20 years in two weeks. Yep. 25 offices or 24 offices. 24 offices. 25. And Paul's also my father. <laughs> if you can't tell that, by the my, chaos of this intro. That is my uh, best title. Aw. You think? For sure. Yay. I'm so excited you're here. I have purposely not had any other men on the podcast until you came on because it felt only right that the person that planted business, entrepreneurial, everything into me was you. So it only felt right that you were first. I appreciate you being so patient. (laughs) (laughs) You're being so proper. (laughs) Okay, so I want to jump in from the beginning into your story, how you started Horizon. It's a super inspirational story that I've heard countless times, but I want everybody else to hear it now. Wow, how I started Horizon. So I was a medical sales rep. And I mean, there's a lot of stories here. We could do like a three-parter. So mom was a medical sales rep and I was working jewelry. She had the easy job. I was working my butt off (laughs) and she was like just cruising it as a medical sales rep. And I'll come back to that. I realized, hey, I want, I want an easier job. Back then, medical sales rep was like the thing to do. If you're a medical sales rep, you were like a lawyer or a doctor. It was, it was impressive. I was a medical sales rep. I sold to companies similar to mine and to hospices. Mm -hmm. Hospice is end of life care. And I had a customer of mine that said, I wish we had a good DME company, durable medical equipment. And I thought, wow, I could, I could do that. She didn't even say great. She just said good. And I thought, man, that'd be a great ministry. Yeah, you like could, bare minimum. They didn't even have like a bare minimum good. Yeah, their care. their bar was low, and I was like, okay, like that could be easy. And again, it could be a ministry. I, I could minister to people that are dying and their families, um, and I'll make my house payment. Yeah. So, so really, that was my business plan right there. I'm gonna uh, really just a heart to be there for people that are going through the toughest battle we face in life, which is dying. And so that's kind of how it, my heart was stirred. Um, and do you think that like you started Horizon and because I, I want to like kind of get into the backstory too. like, have you were you always entrepreneurial? Like, did you always have a plan like, oh, I'm definitely going to start a business one day or was it just something that was like there was a need and you felt you needed to do it? I absolutely did not think I would own a company one day. Why? I just didn't think about it. It wasn't even on my radar, to be honest with you. And my dad owned a was a business owner. And so it was probably in me. But I just never really thought about opening a company as an option. It was really just really just trying to make money. Yeah. That's my focus was I just need to make some money and pay bills and I want to make as much as I can and obviously try to do something I love. And so tried to get partners. I don't want any risk. 
you know, we all want to start a company. We want to uh, do these ventures with no risk. Unfortunately, there's just going to be a risk. And so I did find some partners. Uh, we didn't mesh well. And I decided to look at mortgaging the house. And so I talked to mom and said, uh, how do you feel about mortgaging our house? She was pregnant with our third son. And that was a lot of pressure, obviously. And so to risk everything at that point, to start over, it's really in California. It was really almost, you feel it's impossible. Like I'll be in an apartment if this doesn't work the rest yeah. of my life. Do you think that you just were willing to take the risk because you like believed so strongly that you were meant to do it? Uh, I don't know about that. I just felt like, uh, like I said, I felt led. Like I really felt like called, like this would be a great, great thing to do when I think like you're a hustler in general I mean like from everything you've told me too like you used to work at a grocery store jewelry store you were always like making your own path so I feel like you were used to doing that already and like that fear of like going out on a limb wasn't like new to you well I I, I told you I'd come back to the story about going from uh, jewelry to medical sales we're praying about opening up horizon uh, no partners I don't like it they, they were the money and the option, other option is to mortgage the house. Or I just was praying, Lord, if this is where you're leading, you got to confirm it through anime. And the next day she said, hey, I think we should go for it. Uh, you don't want to risk everything you have with a uh, two kids, one on the way, with your wife not being all in on it. <laughs> and so... So, you know, first tip out there, don't just go for it without having a proper backup. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we did, we mortgaged the house and opened up Horizon. And I would love to say it was just like peaches and cream went super smooth. <laughs> um, the reality is the customer that we opened up the business for canceled our contract four months later. And, and she ended up, we ended up having Nathaniel, who we didn't know at the time would have Down syndrome. So we open up February 19th. I get incorporated, first customer or patient, uh, April 1st. Uh, Nathaniel, May 24th. Down syndrome, eek, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> um, mom wasn't going back to work, so that income was going to be gone. July, we find out he has to have heart surgery. Another, oh my gosh. September, we find out the account we opened the business for, the lady got promoted to a different position. The girl took her place, basically canceled her contract. And so, yeah, yeah, it was really like, oh shoot. And so at that moment, I had to make a decision. Like, do I just, uh, mom wasn't going back to work. Do I need to just sell what I have, lick my wounds, go back to the company who actually told me they were going to fire me. And I was kind of working at night and so our, our working at night for Horizon, working for the day for this company. I just felt like God really was leading me here and I had to make a decision either I'm going all in or I'm just going to, like I said, lick my wounds and try to make it work. And I just thought I'm going all in. I quit that job. I was going to say spoiler alert. You went all in. <laughs> yeah, I went all in. Yeah, I'm, here, I'm still here. So. <laughs> what did the beginning process look like? Because you said you were actually doing like working at night. So shout out to Alfonso, first uh, employee. Yeah. I was doing all the paperwork, cleaning all the equipment, things like that at night, and then selling medical supplies in the day. And I always say, like, there, there, there was a net up, and that net got ripped down. I had to see where God's hand was, and it was right below. And it's been gangbusters ever since <laughs> for t almost 20 years now. So I was going to say, like, obviously, like, faith and God is a huge part of the business. Where do you think that, like, resilience comes from? So I grew up in Clovis, California, shout out to the Valley, uh, <laughs> rodeos, you know, grapes, all that dirt. fun stuff, dirt, just a great place to grow up. 
my mom and dad divorced when I was young, uh, maybe sixth grade. And really back then it is, it was the whole thing of a latchkey kid, absentee parenting. And I really sounds crazy and I hate to even say it, but racy raised myself like from sixth grade. I mean, they provided a house or a, a roof for me and a place to sleep and stuff like that. And like the emotional side, but, but just nowhere, nowhere, nowhere around. And so I was felt I was a pretty good kid for quite a while. And eventually the pain of being alone, um, I started doing drugs, you know, getting high. I spent most of my high school high and, and only quit because I, I was gonna, wasn't going to graduate. I think there was a lot of pain, a lot of, uh, you know, I know you do a lot of mental health. And, oh, you know what? I want to do a little affirmation here. Since, since oh, my gosh. we got to do some affirmations. You're taking and, over the podcast. And I just want to say that uh, you are amazing. Oh, my gosh. I feel like this is an end of the episode. And your heart for, for people that are going through struggles uh, mentally uh, uh, for many different reasons is amazing. I know you really desire to help people cross over. Thanks, Dad. That's and nice. you are creative, uh, intelligent. There's your confirmation. I love <laughs> my you. affirmation. Yeah, your affirmation. Thank you, Dad. That was nice. So I just, uh, um, you know, got involved in, in uh, drugs and things like that. Started working in a grocery store. I was out of drugs. So you uh, didn't go to college. So I did not. Oh no, I dropped out of college many times. I didn't know that. Yeah, I dropped out of college three or four times. I so. just thought you never went. So I tried to make a run at college and. Just just really held myself back. I limited myself. I tell people all the time, like, you're the only person that's going to stop you from going to college. I had, you know, uh, I used to have to ride the bus to college and and I just let things, you know, like, oh, that's too hard to ride a bus. So you look back and you think, wow, that's what held you up. That was your excuse. Well, I think this speaks to like not having that like emotional support, though. Because, like, you didn't have a parent being like, you have to go or you should go. You were just, like, on your own. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. Like, I, I, I do look back sometimes and think, man, I wish I had just had my parents just saying, hey, you're a smart kid. You should be in college. Yeah, so I just got mixed up with many, many different things, drugs. Uh, the snowflake. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my first entrepreneurial experience might have been <laughs> with that. Selling so, snow. Selling stuff. You know, I didn't really use use it. In the beginning, and then I started using, and it was like a total spiral. I was—I really had a, a, a pretty good life for for an eighteen-year-old kid: condos, uh, water toys, trucks, and and then I got mixed up in drugs, and I just really spiraled out of control. I thought, you know, th- when you're walking around with something everybody wants, you're a hero. You're like, wow, I had not experienced this love before. I didn't experience that at home ever really. I felt, and all of a sudden, like people want to be with me. They want to hang out with me. I was like, that That really is was something I probably always wanted in my life. That's is. really powerful because I feel like also probably why you got into doing it is because you got to hang out with the people that wanted you around and you got to feel included. You got to feel like you had people and a family and love and support. I discovered a lot of that. Like you don't really, you don't know the impact that has on you until you start facing other things in life. But anyway, so I just went down that road. Uh, um and where did it all come to a head? I uh, just, you know, one day I was like, hey, I, I didn't even really feel like I wanted to live anymore. And I remember calling uh, my mom and just saying, hey, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not doing well. And she just said, hey, come come down to Santa Monica. That's where she lived at the time. And and I just remember looking in the mirror saying, what happened to you? Like, what happened? And at that, I just never looked back, never used again. I've never done drugs again since then. And 
um, yeah, just that was it. And then I went back to working in a grocery store. I'm going to try to go back to school. You know, we all do have these plans of, you know, you're just a kid trying to build a career and a life. But I just really struggled with school. Uh, I was working a night crew and I had a day job. And so I was tired yeah. at, at school. And again, another just excuse. <laughs> just, just, well, you I, didn't end up needing it. Yeah, it worked out. But but again, I just look back and think like how I just I limited myself. I was the one limiting myself. I think a lot of times like we do that to ourselves. Like I talk a lot on the podcast, like you've listened about like speaking negatively over ourselves. Like I feel like we constantly hold ourselves back from the things we can do because a lot of times like we're scared or fearful or whatever, but like a lot of times no one's telling us we can't do these things. It's just this like belief that we can't for some reason go to school, start the company, move, get the job. And I feel like you just kind of like persevered through that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Our worst critic is our one in our head that holds us back the most. It's that voice in your head and you've got to be able to come to grips with having a conversation with that voice in your head that you don't rule me. You know what I mean? I I rule me. Yeah. 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 Like fear is just a passenger in the car. That's right. And a drink. I'm just going to jump way far ahead and just one night I went out drinking with my buddy. I didn't even drink hardly very much back then and are now, but... And we went out and got just just hammered. And I was driving, and I shouldn't have been driving. And praise God, this day I did not kill anybody that night. So I got I got a DUI that night, and so I got put in jail. And normally they release you the next day, but I had a warrant for my arrest, so I might have been a <laughs> troublemaker. We'll just say that back in Clovis for just a for a traffic ticket of all things, just a basic traffic ticket. So I thought I was going to be released out of I'm I'm down at L.A. Penitentiary. And I'm in like the full blues, man. If you, they, they do the whole thing. They, this is not a fun experience. And I'm just a pretty, I'm just a little, I'm just a little pretty boy, to be honest with you. Do you think this mugshot still exists? It probably does. We should try to find it. That would be cool if if we could. We could put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, I was worried. I remember calling my mom saying, hey, get me out of here. I was in there for a couple of days and they posted bail and I'm like, I'm going to get out of here, but. Uh, they wouldn't, weren't releasing me, and they had four days to release me, but I'm still there. And I call my mom. They said, oh, they gave us the bail back and said, hey, you're going to be released. Uh, <laughs> so so four days go by and three days, something like that. And they say, hey, anybody want to go to a church service? And hopefully none of you have been in jail listening. But if you have, you're looking to get out of that cell. And I had looked into all kinds of religions. I've studied all kinds of religions. Um, I've just always had a heart for God, I think. I just really have. I just think... Uh, uh, we all have this void and, and really I'm going to say he's the only one that can fill it. We put a ton of stuff in it. Like I did just name it. I've put everything you could possibly put in this void. I've tried to put in it. And then I just was the point like, Hey, well, let me, let me look at God. I don't remember the guy I talked about, but I do remember just getting a Bible. So I, I never get released. I get shipped up to <laughs> Clovis, which, you know, Clovis in shackles and a new you know, la boy you see those sheriff bus driving down the freeway i was on that bus and i get released and uh, um and i'm reading my bible this bible now that's the only thing i have we get in and i i go use the restroom and i think i leave the bible in there and i get into the little holding cell and i and i'm oh shoot the bible it's gone that was the only thing getting me through I, i'm I, I don't know what to do so they finally take us into this giant cell, like an ant, an ant farm, I call it. And I go walking in, and there's this little book on the table. And it says, it's like a little track. It's a small little book. And it says, 
the bread of life, the gospel according to John. I'm like, what? And I just felt like God just said right then that I can provide for you. It was just powerful. So that's what the faith that you used to start Horizon. The other one was the birth of my daughter. Oh my god. And gosh. I don't think you've heard this story. So I was working jewelry at that time. And this is earlier I said mom was a medical sales rep living the, the plush life. <laughs> and god. and so I would work like nine in the morning to nine at night, you know, a couple of days a week. And so after you were born, I wouldn't see you awake for three days because I would go in early in the morning, come home late, leave the next morning and three days. And I can already see how much Hannah's changed in three days when you're only, you know, two weeks old, three days is big. And I knew right then that, Hey, I, I, I don't want to do this. And so I ended up quitting and selling home security systems door to door. But I always believed that if you could do the lowest of the low, that everything else would be easy. So I want to get a job as a medical sales rep, that faith to go for it. And to, because I knew I, 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 this wasn't the life I wanted for myself. Crazy story. So I get my resume done, but I do have an appointment to show this alarm to somebody. This is so funny. And I get there and I'm like 30 minutes late because the resume wasn't ready. They had to make the change. And he says, hey, I have a doctor's appointment. You were late. Sorry. And I said, hey, well, let me just show you, give you a quick snapshot of this system. If you want me to come back, I'll come back anytime you want me to. He said, okay. So two hours later, he says, is this what you're doing with your career? I said, no, I, want, I really want to get into medical sales. And he says, well, I'm the VP of SunChoice Medical for the Western region. We're hiring here in California. And I would love to, to talk to you about the position. And so, so I, cool. yeah, very cool. And I ended up getting the job. I feel like, again, leap of faith, trusting in God, uh, quitting my job, selling home security systems. Yeah. No, but you're speaking to this point, And I think a lot of people will resonate as well or be inspired by this story because I think a lot of people feel that they aren't capable. Like we talked about, like they sell themselves this negative talk, but also like a lot of people feel they don't have the opportunity or they didn't go to school or like, Oh, I didn't get the degree that I need to get that job. And I think your story is a perfect example of like, if you have faith, if you believe in yourself enough and you hustle hard enough, like the chips kind of fall where they're meant to fall. I agree with you. Just knowing that if you do the right thing and you work hard, great things are going to happen. Well, because also you. you could have left and just been like, okay, you're right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm late. Goodbye. And you were like, no, I'm going to sell this product. Like I'm going to do good at my job, even yeah. though I don't want to do this job. So that led to Horizon. I want to get into mission because it's something that is like big that you've taught me. Huge part of the way I work and like the way I've built how Han sees it is from you. Like you've inspired me so much with like your work ethic. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Because uh, my advice is not always received immediately. Of course not. So because you're ridiculous and like so, stupid sometimes. Yeah, of course. I'm keeping this All in. dads. Yeah. Um, no, but I truly am inspired by like your work ethic and like how hard you've worked and you started at the bottom. You've created this successful company, but I think aside from your work ethic, you do something that not a lot of people do. And it's something that I've talked to a lot of people about. It's how I started now consulting people because I feel that this is missing. And I think it's being able to connect to people in a way that sets you apart. I've been in the room when you talk about Horizon and starting it and the mission behind it, which is being a blessing and serving patients who are on their deathbed. And it is obvious with like every partner you have, with every patient, with every employee that you like flip a switch for them and do something different. 
So I'd love if you could talk about mission and how and why you feel so strongly about incorporating it into every single level of a company and like kind of how you've done that. So mission is everything. Mission and purpose. Build a life around your purpose and your mission. And if you're not sure what that is, start doing things you like and hopefully you'll you'll find it. I mean, I have a heart for people for sure. You do a really good job of like, making a business like like you said like you put the people first like you can tell when you do like a pitch or like when you're trying to get a new client or when you're like speaking in one of those hospice conferences that you like genuinely care and I think that a lot of people care about what they do but they don't know how to like articulate it or translate it into the way they get business the way they scale a business the way they like continue to grow a company and you do it like almost effortlessly it looks like I know it's not effortless and that you work really hard but like there's something about mission that you you just do so well Uh, you know I'm not so focused on people that know the mission by my words but I'm really focused on that people know our mission by the way the company is and the way we deal with people and treat people and decisions we make. Uh, we're, we're about taking care of people and ministering to people. That's really our focus. Not about making money. Uh, we've obviously been very blessed. The company's been very successful. I, I never saw that coming at all. And, and it's really just staying true to the mission. That's it. The mission and risking many times I've, I've risked, possibly going out of business because partners want to strong arm you into better pricing or uh, doing things that compromise your mission and just holding true to my mission that I'm here for to minister to patients that are dying people that are dying you walk into these homes and and you can imagine the emotional fire that is going on people have reconciled they haven't reconciled with each other uh, brothers sisters fathers mothers we used to always talk about, you know, training people on, on, hey, you show up to someone's house and they curse you out because you're a couple minutes later. Or just, just love them through it. They're hurting. Don't go to them. Bring them up to you. And, and just, you know, when you leave, they'll think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think you've subconsciously, like, integrated this, though, in, like, very, like, strategical, logistical ways that you haven't even realized. Like, one, something you taught me, like, major in business was, like, repetition. Like, be a blessing everyone knows it. You think of Horizon, it's like immediately you think of the Dove and you think of Be a Blessing. And I think it's something that you've incorporated, not just through like verbal cues, like over and over and over again, but you prove it through service. And I think to add on to what you were saying about caring for people and holding to the mission, not like giving way to that when things get rough. I think I can say the same thing like with my business, like I'm not going to say yes to a collab that's not aligned, even if it's a lot of money. Because the moment you lose your people is like when your business starts to tank. And I think something that you really prioritize is like your people, whether it's like your hospice partners, yeah. your employees, your patients, like you put them first Everyone. no Even matter vendors. what. You're vendors. a yes man. The company's a yes man. So many people want to say no. It's just, all right, let me try. It's just so easy. Let me try. Back to what you were saying. I've watched you with, with how Han sees it. And I'm very impressed by, you know, your, your, your community that you've been very purposeful to form. It's really impressive. I see all the time, I'm not a big social media guy, but you see how people, what people do to get more followers and what followers totally. they have. And, and so I've always been, just been very impressed that you've been committed to what you feel the community you want. And it's yeah. a very powerful community that you have. And well, I definitely got it from you. Cause I think like you 
it's very obvious even like watching you talk to people who are your current partners or people who are potential and like are scared to partner with you because it is like a trust thing. Like these are people who are dying. These are patients and you're giving over control to another company to service them. And so you can understand why they would be so anxious and nervous and like kind of uptight when you first start talking to them. But I think you do a great job of just being real and being authentic and you're not trying to sell anyone. You just lay it on the table and you're like, we're people. We care and we're going to take care of your people. And like, that is our mission. And that's what we live by. And like, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that, you know, we live up to the mission and you do it. You do it every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really one of the few companies that's really doing it. I mean, our, our healthcare industry is really driven by, I would say dollars and not so, so much care. There are a lot of great people in healthcare that really lay their life on the line. I mean, we saw that with COVID and our, you know, our, our, patient service techs were going to people's homes not knowing if you know am I going to die yeah and so so really just to see that there's some amazing people in healthcare, but corporately uh you know it's it's bottom line a lot of times we are not a small company anymore we always say we want that mall and Paul field we are the largest company in our industry privately held in the country and 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 it has not been easy to keep that mentality of of let's minister and bless people yeah i feel like you've never been scared to like lose business yeah in fact even go out of business i i just so so back to some of these stories i told you about quitting because i need to see my daughter and knowing that hey i'm leaving a very great job and going to a nothing home security door-to-door job making no money but knowing that that if i follow my mission that that god is gonna step in for me and those things those big things get you comfortable living on the limb and i always say that you know i just i live on the limb i'm just i'm i I have no problem being on the limb now i know that even if that limb breaks uh something great's gonna happen and the limb has broke before and so i was gonna say there's been like obstacles over the years like the pharmacy and everything things that haven't worked out the journey has not been easy no no not at all i mean customers basically big large customers and uh at risk of going out of business that i've had to just make a decision like okay but we're not losing our mission we're just not losing our mission that's why i started this um well i think it's like when you compromise your integrity like your mission when you compromise what made you successful in the first place i think people lose sight of that a lot especially like in my industry too like you'll see people start very authentically and unapologetically and you can tell what they're about like immediately through the things we've talked about like repetition putting your people first not compromising and then you can tell when they like lose it or like give up parts of it or give up some integrity because they're I don't know there's a dollar sign or like it's convenient or whatever and i think all the above yeah ultimately i think it just ends up in failure because what made you successful in the first place was what set you apart yeah i agree and that's why we've just been committed it's worked for 20 years now and hopefully it'll work for 21 yeah going kind of going off of that we always talk about and it sounds kind of morbid but like their death isn't going anywhere So I think that like your dedication to like good service to make that part of someone's life easier in such a horrible time for family and people in general. Have you learned anything or like realized anything from dealing with so much death? People are scared. I was going to say, I feel like that's like the biggest fear. And um, so they want somebody to come in and love on them for sure. And just, you know, what a blessing that we get to do that, that our employees get to do that. And 
Yeah. So I learned, you know, that and, um, it's hard not, you know, when it's a, when it's a job, sometimes we've learned how not to be callous to it, to stick, keep yeah. that heart out front and the compassion out front. Cause I think a lot of people would be like, okay, like, especially in like doctor's fields, they tell them like, they have to be like very cut and dry, like unemotional. And I think you kind of like contradict that in some ways. Cause I think that you guys have taken on the role of caretaker, like emotional caretaker in this way. Yeah. And that's small in a small way, you yeah. know, like we're, so when somebody goes on hospice, a family member is dying, they're going on hospice and we're a lot of times the very first person in the homes is our, our PST. And so they kind of set that whole relationship yeah. up. And so really we set that kind of like, this is as we walk in, it's their first experience. And so if it's a loving, caring, you know, just basic, great service experience, then there's a lot of, of for, yeah. for families, a lot of like just a relief. Okay, this is going to be okay. Yeah. If we're like crappy, we come in, stop, drop, we're out, no love. No, it's just they're still anxious. They're still, you know, or maybe we're late. Now we've added to their anxiety. It sounds so silly. It's not. It goes back to like putting people first. How do you like constantly stay? Like we've talked a lot about mission. Like obviously you've been doing this for 20 years. Like be a blessing. You're motivated because it's your passion and you have a love for people. But like how do you stay like logistically like motivated by like the same mission and doing like the same thing every day as an entrepreneur? It's not even hard. Because yeah, you love what you do. Because I just because that's what I'm called to do. I think when I stopped doing less deliveries and I wasn't having the, the patient touch, my, my ministry then came to employees. Like, yeah. okay, how can I love on my employees? But but that kind of was like, uh, oh, shoot, you know, I'm not willing deliveries. And I'm kind of like, I'm doing paperwork. And this isn't really what I was called to do. But then I realized the power and the impact I have on, on employees and other people in the industry, but really to employees. I just feel like that's my main... Yeah. Uh, ministry now. But but to be honest, it just hasn't been hard to that point. Then, like, what would you say to someone who is listening and is like miserable in their job, but they're scared to leave because it's like good money or maybe they don't even know what they want to do? Well, that that's like 75 percent of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just everybody. I think I've been there. We've all all have been there. And I think there is a stretch where you do have to do that. I mean, I think when yeah, you get like out you of have college and you, you're trying to find a job and, you know, you got you to hustle, make sacrifices. like you said. And yeah, and so that's kind of normal, but but you shouldn't, it shouldn't like steal your joy because you know long term, like this is just a step to where I'm going. But then when you 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 sacrifice purpose and for, for a paycheck, which is okay to do, you got to feed your family and stuff like that because our ultimate purpose is taking care of our loved ones, you know, it's like ultimately. And, and so maybe you do have to work a crappy job to do that. So what, you know what, find joy in it. And, but if it's actually like your uh, mental if you're compromising game. your soul, you know what I mean? It's that miserable. You got to look for another job. You, you've really got to like step out in faith here. I got to just go for it. And very seldom you hear stories about it didn't work out or that yeah. was the worst decision I ever made. I think that there's a lot of, especially on the podcast, I like this last year, I think it's going to be a year in two weeks. Of the I podcast. know. I'm so fired up. For I know. You. So cool. But like so many entrepreneurs and I feel like every single one, even though they may have failed a couple times and like had to pivot and whatever, like if you take a leap of faith intuitively, like you feel called to do something, you hate what you're doing. Like you are, you know, you're meant for something more. I would argue that like very rarely does it not work out or point you where you're supposed to be. The only thing holding people back usually is money. 
And I always say, you know, when you make decisions based on money, they're usually bad decisions. <laughs> and so the money will come. I just always believe that the money will come. It's not as hard as people think it is to make money. Well, yeah, I think that there's like a, a lot of people talk about like manifestation and like all of that stuff. But I think like there's an energy when like you're desperate for money versus when you have faith that like everything that's meant for you is going to come. God's going to bring the right opportunities. Everything's going to line up the way it's supposed to. And I think like when we try to hold on to something so tightly and like it just ends up failing anyway and it doesn't allow for any growth. And I think that's what happened to me last year. And I've talked on the podcast about how I started consulting um, for a couple clients. It has added like so much growth to how Han sees it. So I just think when we hold onto stuff too tightly and we can't see past the fact that like we are not all knowing and we don't know the way things are supposed to unfold in our life when you can like surrender that which is one of the hardest things you can do and I think it's an energy thing too like when you're mentally free in that way things naturally start to flow towards you yeah you got to be willing to to you know have a broad vision on and not limit limit yourself by it can only happen this way you have to roll with the punches rub yeah, some roll dirt the on punches it. uh uh you used to say that to me so much rub I don't some know. dirt on it okay there was one podcast and you told somebody that oh my dad would just say rub some dirt on it you do you did and that dad no yeah you did no absolutely not <laughs> i did never said get up Hannah, rub some dirt on it. Yes, you did. That Dad. was not me. Do you remember when I broke my foot? Broke my foot. Okay. And I was crying for <laughs> hours. And you literally uh, were like, You're being so dramatic. Your foot is not broken. Okay. It was purple. I was Listen, crying. I could hours. I could admit my bad dad moves for sure. But but telling you just to rub some dirt on it, that wasn't me. You do I was, Dad, you uh, did that. I could see me. This is when the narrator up, comes in and is like, he in fact you, did that. Honey, it's oh okay. my god, that's such bullshit. <laughs> I appreciate your intensity and like your emotional lacking of sensitivity. <laughs> it's made me strong uh, well, and it's made me yeah. very resilient. Well, I had such sure. a loving mom and dad and, and rest in peace, both of them that, that were so caring and loving. They really sh- showed me how to be such a compassionate yeah, parent. I was going to say, don't forget to mention the potatoes. All right. So I think. Okay, moving on. To, no, they need to know this story though. So. Back in the day, you could get a whole 10-pound bag of potatoes for 99 cents. So I didn't have very much money. Man, I could eat for a whole week on 99 cents. <laughs> I, you want to know how to make potatoes, you call me. Has having a daughter, me, sh- like as an entrepreneur... <laughs> like, glad you clarified. Yeah. Shown you anything like in regard to like my entrepreneurial journey? Because like obviously... Throughout the last six years, I've called you for so many different parts of this journey. It's a little frustrating at times. <laughs> I know we get, that when I'm like telling you, hey, just do this. And you're just, you don't want to do it. And I'm just like, okay, well, you're really like, take the long road then. I'm giving you like the easy out, easy answer here. We're, we're both a little. Uh, uh, stubborn? No, not stubborn. Like. You're yeah, definitely stubborn. stubborn. <laughs> this was trying to be a wholesome question and you made it problematic. Well, you asked me. And so you're trying so, to start a fight okay. with me. I do love uh, seeing what you're going through. Some of the best advice you gave me over the last couple years, like when I was like in the bottom of the roller coaster on the lows of the roller coaster was you have to like go through more of these lows to be able to feel calmer like through the lows in the future. And that's just like a part of the entrepreneurial journey. It's just a part of running a business. It's normal. And I think like you telling me that like, you know, this sucks, but like business, this is how business works. And like the more lows you go through, the more you'll be able to be resilient through them was like 
the yeah. emotional support I needed. Yeah, good. You gain confidence when you've done something. Run five miles. Yeah. First time, though, you think like, shoot, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Run a marathon. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But you do it and you realize, wow, I, I did it. I made it. And so that fear and doubt really is what creeps in and causes some of this anxiety. So as you go through a low and you're like, oh, I made it through that. I, I did it. And the next time it comes, you're like, I've already done that. And you do it a couple more times. Hopefully you don't have to. But you're like, hey, those are easy. I can pop right out of these now. I, I, I get it. What would your one piece of advice for like someone listening who's a young entrepreneur? The amazing one piece of advice that really I would tell all of you is just <clears throat> listen to your dad. Oh my God. You have the worst dad jokes ever. So uh, embarrassing. There's no such thing as bad dad jokes, but that you really got to find, find your energy, your strength, your confirmation, affirmation in the going for it yeah. and, and, and achieving something like I've actually created this business and it may not take off. It may not excel like you imagined and it may. And it may just be a prelude to the, the bigger success and the lessons you learn. But a lot of people, you know, wear, wear it like it's a piece of them now. And I would just say, like, if it fails, don't wear it. Like, so I opened a pharmacy, just, just should have worked, should have been a great thing and, and lost a lot of money and learned a lot of lessons and, and really just was brutal financial time. And this was early on and, and, but made it through, learned a lot of lessons. I'm a much better CFO now because of the, those financial lessons I had to learn at that time. So I like what you said about like finding like joy and like the high of success within the journey. Like as you're doing it, you're going to hit a point and then there's going to be a next goal and a next goal and a next goal. And you're obviously like always going to want more and strive for more. So I think like being able to just acknowledge in the moment, especially if you're working hard and doing everything you can, that like you're already successful. Yeah. Like if you're pushing, I think you've taught me that a lot. Okay. So last question. Okay. I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, you've heard it on your car stereo. Yes. After everything you've been through the last 20 years of horizon, how do you see it? Uh, it's a, it's an amazing view for sure. I'm just really blessed. You know, I'm not, I'm not horizon. My value is not in the company. The company's done freaking amazing. Who knew? And that's not, that's not my value. Something I always say. So I, you know, I give birthday cards to everybody every year and anniversary cards. I think it's very important to acknowledge people. So last year, the message on my card, that birthday card was that, that God loves you and that God has a plan for your life. And so that's how I see it. Word. Okay. Okay. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a great example of how to run a business and start it and succeed at it. My knowledge on mission and how to build a community was definitely like rooted in what you taught me. So I'm very thankful for that. Well, thank you for saying that. That makes me feel very good. It's really neat to watch right now how how you're just finding your groove and your power and your confidence. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Anyway, okay, we're out. Bye, everybody. (laughs) We're going to get another cocktail. Yes, let's do it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you, guys.